0: grab a seat. Have you got your Bible? Turn to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 is where we're going to be tonight. Man, do y'all just love that song? Man, I love that song. Gets me fired up. Romans 6. So I've noticed this about people in general, um, that in life, things kind of seem to swing on a pendulum. So meaning like sometimes... We really do well with a task, whatever it is, like something we're striving after, and sometimes we really struggle. So how that plays out, maybe in, as you're in college, university, um, sometimes maybe like you're really studious and you're really focused and like, so typically this is at the beginning of the semester, right? And maybe more specifically like the fall semester, right? After summer break and you're like, you know what, I'm coming back to school, man, this is the semester, I'm going to get straight A's, right? And so you're on top of everything, and you have, like, the color-coded, highlighted list. Maybe that's just my wife and I. were kind of nerds like that. But you have everything figured out. But then there's other times, like, where the pendulum swings the other way, and you're, like, way behind on everything. Can anybody identify with what I'm talking about? Right? Like, so it's either you you want to find that habit. Like, I was talking with a, a buddy the other day, and, like, sometimes it feels like, one weekend, you're just all on top of your homework, and the next weekend, Sunday night comes, and you're like, did I forget that I'm in school, right? Like, you just forget everything. Um, so it's like sometimes you really get at it, sometimes you struggle. And and by the way, y'all, the, sorry, the, the projector's out. It's not like they just didn't want to turn it on. <laughs> about, about, like, about probably 7 o'clock, we realized it was out, so I apologize for that. Anyways, so, um, but it's not just with school that we do that. Like, I would say probably one of the biggest things that, people in general um, struggle, like not finding a balance, kind of going back and forth, is uh, with exercise. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, one, one month, it's like, man, I'm going to the gym every, every day, every day of the week. I'm going to run five miles every day. And then and ne- the next month, it's like, I, I forgot I had a gym membership, right? Like, I forgot I could go to the rec. Like, I, I forgot that existed. Um, or maybe this is a little more something we can all identify with. Sometimes we struggle with that with food. You know what I'm talking about? So like, you know, one, one, one week you're on the diet, and so you're, you're eating salad, you're eating the grilled food and everything. And then the next week, uh, you know, you're like, hey, I'm going to eat light tonight. I'm going to get a Frito pie and a milkshake, right? Like, it's like, bro, that's not eating light, dude. Like, <laughs> it's, just, it's, kind of, it's kind of back and forth struggle. Maybe it's with money, right? So one, one month you're really frugal, and the next month you're like, well, I was frugal last month, so next, this month I might as well get crazy and spend all my money, right? It's back and forth. Well, I, I think with certainty, we do that with, with our spiritual life, right? So sometimes we're really fired up and walking with Christ, and other times it's just, it's, it's just not there, right? The fire's kind of missing. And maybe to be more specific, um, I think that's true of our fight with sin. So sometimes it's like, man, I'm going to pursue Christ. There's a, a Tadashi song called Make War. It's like pretty old, but I love that song anyways. But this, I'm going to make war. I'm not going to let my flesh take over. I'm going to fight sin. And then other times it's just kind of like, you know, I'm just not really into giving or to like fighting temptation. I don't really feel like pursuing Christ and fighting against this struggle. And and not just with, to sort of back up a little bit, not just with sin, but with all, all things in life that we're striving towards, it's, it's kind of a fact, a truth that if you don't know why you're doing something, you're going to be less prone to actually do it. You with me? Especially if it's difficult. So if it's something that you're not inclined to do, so even just for simplicity, like exercise, right? Like I don't, unless you like all the time exercise, the average person doesn't just wake up in the morning like, I love exercise, yeah. You may get to that point, but, but not, it's not, it doesn't come naturally, right? So if you don't know why you're doing something, it's even more difficult to, to do it, to, to pursue it. There, um, a man that works with Lauren, I think it's Rick, says, uh, when people don't know why, they rebel, <laughs> right? You don't know why, you rebel. And absolutely, that is true with, with our fight, as the Christians fight against sin, meaning that the say, hey, I'm not going to give in, I'm going to fight, I'm going to push back sin in my life. If you don't know why to do that, it can be difficult. And honestly, if you think about what we've been studying and really from Romans, I would say Romans 1 all the way through the end of Romans chapter 5, um, it almost seems to build an argument. You, would, like, you could read it and feel like, well, man, why should I fight against sin? Like if, if I'm saved by grace through faith, then, then what does it matter? Like if he talks about in Romans 2 that I'm justified by placing my faith in Christ, so I'm, I'm put into a right relationship with God. He looks at me as I'll live the life of Jesus just by placing my faith and trust in Jesus, if that's true, and like we studied last week, if my right relationship with God, the blessings that flow from being in right relationship with him, they have nothing to do with me and have absolutely everything to do with Jesus, then really, like, what does it matter if if I go out and live in sin? Like, it can feel that way. Like, what's the point? Who cares? If I'm saved by grace, it's all settled on Jesus, why fight against sin? Like, why should I quit sinning if I'm saved by grace? I think it's a fair question, and, and probably I'm going to assume that you've maybe you like wouldn't say it like you're probably not the most t- uh, common question to ask a pastor. Well, pastor, if I'm saved by grace. Why can't I just go sin? Right? Like, just kind of this, you maybe that's a little weird, but probably you have felt that in your spirit. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but you've probably felt that sometimes. Like, man, if it's all like by grace, then what does it matter? I love Romans six because Paul gives us the answer. that question. Why should I stop sinning if I'm saved or even though I'm saved by grace? He gives us the answer. And I love it because it's not like this lame Sunday school church answer. (laughs) It's a very real answer. Let's check it out. Romans chapter 6 verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? So if you go back to Romans 5, the, the, I could kind of sum up some of that idea in that, the old hymn, grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sins. We talked about last week. No matter how far you sin, no matter how strong and long the river of sin in your life, God's grace, that river flows longer, right? So if that's true, then, then he says, the question is, should I just continue in sin that grace may abound? Verse 2. No! <laughs> Why should you stop sinning even though you're saved by grace through faith? Because if you are in Christ, you've been given a completely new identity. You know what he's saying in these verses? If you're in Christ, your relationship with sin is over. Like, you're dead to sin. The whole shun thing, you can shun sin. Like, it's dead to you. You're you're dead to sin. If you're in Christ, you're now alive to God. You have a new relationship with him. So why, do you, why should you stop sinning? Because you're different. You've changed. You have a new identity in Christ. Man, I, love, I love in verse 2 the idea of die to sin. So when you come to Christ, so we'll just pick on JT for a second. I don't really pick on him, but use him as an example. <laughs> Roast JT. Um, if, so when he, or about a month or so ago, when he turned to Christ, part of what that is is saying, Jesus, you are better than anything else this world has to offer. Whatever sin I could conjure up or the world could tempt me with, I'm going to say no to that and yes to you. I'm turning from sin and turning to Jesus. So I'm dying to sin. Dying to sin, not like you will never struggle with it again. but That doesn't have control over you anymore. You're not under the tyranny of sin. You've died to it says, how can we who died to sin still live in it? So the Christian, it's not that they're never going to sin again, like all of us sin every day. It's not that you're never going to sin again, but that it still live in it, meaning this habitual over and over again where it controls you. So man, if you've died to sin, what sense does it make to, that you would live in it, like continually just be owned by sin? And then, if you read on in verse 3, he says that we've been baptized into Christ Jesus. So this is not, he's not talking about water baptism necessarily, though water baptism is a picture of what goes on in your heart. He's talking about your conversion experience. So again, when, when someone is baptized, it's a picture of what's gone on in their heart, right? Their faith in Christ. That it is what we say. You're buried with Christ in baptism, right? And raised to walk in newness of life. So you you died to the old self, right? so what it's a picture of. So on Sunday, men, I'm so excited. I hope you're here for this. JT and Audrey, when we baptize them, it's a picture of what's going on in their life. They've died to their old self of, of um, letting their flesh control their lives and letting sin control their lives. And they have a new life in Christ. It, that's beautiful. What an amazing picture, right? And I see Corinna shaking her head. And maybe it's because like, it's overwhelming to think about the fact of what happened with, with her friend, right? That he's died to his old self and has a new life in Christ. And then look at verse, then at verse 4, it says, they're to walk in newness of life. So again, what we say, bear with Christ in baptism, raise to walk in newness of life. So again, your relationship with sin is over. You now have a new life in Christ. We're just gonna, I want to look at a few more things real quick in this, in this passage. Verse 6, we know that the old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so our flesh my old self is crucified it's dead so the body of sin will be brought to nothing that means rendered powerless so even though the old self when I turn to Christ dies is gone I still have a body of sin right I'm still going to struggle but here's the catch or the key it says it's brought to nothing so even though I'm still in this body, I'm still in this earth, this sinful body doesn't have power over me anymore. That's good news, right? It doesn't control me. It doesn't own me anymore. And I love it. Skip down to verse, um, verse 10. It says, for the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So if I have turned to Christ, I'm dead to sin, alive in Christ So that means forever sin does not have power over me, but but rather forever I'm in a relationship with God. I've been made alive to God. So I've died to sin. It doesn't own me. It doesn't control me. It doesn't rule my life. But now I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? I've been made alive in Christ. It's forever. It's done. It's once for all. That's, That's who I am. I've been permanently changed. So Paul says in verse 11, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. Again, it's this new identity. Look, bro, you're dead to sin. That's not who you are anymore. You're alive in Christ. So when someone says, well, if you're saved by grace through faith and like, what's it really matter if you sin? You say, no, no, it's, it's not about like what I, what I get if I do sin and what I get if I don't sin. No, it's, that's not who I am anymore. I'm still going to struggle. I'm still going to stumble sometimes, but That's not who I am anymore. I'm dead to sin. I have a relationship with Christ now. So I love in verse 12, this is kind of the application of the passage. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body. You have a new master. Sin is not your master anymore. Don't let it make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness. But present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. So it's this beautiful picture of rather than like getting up in the morning and sin, no one speaks to sin, but just for the picture here, right? Like, sin, like, here I am, I'm presenting myself to you to be used by you. No, no. You don't do that anymore if you're in Christ. You present yourself to God. What a cool picture to wake up every day and say, God, here I am, I wanna be used by you. Like, literally every part of my body, God. Is for you. My thoughts, my heart, what I feel, Lord, all of it is for you. I want it to be used by you. I'm presenting myself, man, I want to worship you today. It's a sacrifice for you. He said, you're not using your body for sin anymore because you're alive in Christ. Verse 14, for sin will have no dominion over you since you're not under law but under grace. So, If you remember, if you go back to really all through what we've covered in Romans so far, he says, the law can't save anyone. All the law does is show you how how sinful and messed up you are. It, it, It can't redeem you. It can't restore you. It can't fix you. But he says, you know what? You're not under law. You're under what? Grace. And grace, the grace of Jesus, changes everything. If you're in Christ, then you've been changed. I think too often as Christians, though in reality and technically we are dead to sin, it's not who we are anymore. We've been raised, have a new relationship with Christ. Too often we treat sin like we're in a bad, can't quite get out of it relationship. I Meaning we, we kind of flirt with it. So technically, like we're dead to sin, we're broke up, but we kind of flirt with it. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Oh yeah. Okay. I um, in I guess my first year of college, I've been have been dating this girl for about a year or so. Um, and long story short, around Thanksgiving time, technically we broke up. Like technically, it was we were done. But from that, from like Thanksgiving-ish, really all the way through, almost when the, the new semester started, like mid-January, we kind of kept talking. Like, we'd kind of text, which is funny to think, like text was kind of new then. I know I'm old, okay? Um, but we'd text and every now and then call, and like we weren't really seeing each other, but there was kind of this kept flirting and kind of this, this draw, like, I, like it, I felt like we were being drawn back together, we just kind of kept flirting. But during that time, so kind of pause on that for a second, during that time... God was doing some amazing things in my life. Like, you know, sometimes if you're a Christian, you you understand what I'm saying here. You can look back at at times in your life, maybe you're in one of those times now, where God really was working in your life in some amazing ways, like changing your heart, changing your mind, helping you overcome sin, giving, showing you your new identity in him. It was one of those times. Even though I was like, and also still kind of hanging on to this bad relationship, he was changing me so much. Well, I remember towards the end of that break, it was probably about a week before I was supposed to go back to um, my college. That um, doesn't matter what night it was. It was, for some reason, I think it was a Sunday night. But we'd been texting a little bit, and we were going we to meet up. I'd agreed, hey, we'll meet up, and we'll talk through this. But in reality, I knew what was going to happen. Like, we were going to meet up and probably talk through it and get back together, right? It was going to be one of those things. Um, I remember... Went out. My parents actually, who are here tonight, didn't say much, but I knew they weren't real excited about the fact that I was going out and getting in my car. I, I went out and got in my car, and similar to what J.T. described, I felt like God just kind of paused me for a moment when I got in the car. And as I began to listen and just kind of sit and wait, <laughs> very clearly I remember God whispering to me, Hey, you don't need to, you don't need to go over there. Like, this needs to stop. Not that she was like the devil or something like that, but, but just it was just like, this, this, is, this is not good. This needs to stop. Like the, the, the kind of flirting with it, kind of like back and forth, it just needs to end. And so I remember, and I knew it wouldn't like be received well, but I, uh, I called the girl and said, hey, I know this is going to make sense. But I didn't really say this, but in my heart, I knew part of the reason like, I needed to stop was because I had been changed. Like, that past, really, two months, God had been doing some amazing things in my life, and I knew, like, I was different. I wasn't the same guy, so I didn't need to go back into that relationship. I didn't explain all that to her, but I just said, hey, I can't really, like, explain all this, but I'm not going to come over, and and this needs to stop. Like, we're, we're not going to keep flirting. Like, this is done. Like, we're not going to text. You can text me, but I'm not going to respond to you. Like, no offense, heartbreaker haze. <laughs> like, but, but we're... We're just not going to keep doing this. I like, got off the phone and she, um, if I remember correctly, kind of, you know, texted me, what in the world? I'm just not going to answer. Like, we're done. It was just very clear, like, in my mind, I've changed. And, like, we're done. Like, the breakup is for real. <laughs> Again, probably all of us in this room, in some form or fashion, have continued, even though technically our relationship with sin is over and we're dead to sin. The reality is so many of us as Christians still kind of flirt with it. Are y'all with me? And it's kind of that back and forth and, uh, and kind of tolerating it. And just that's hey, not that big a deal. And tonight you need to realize you, if you're in Christ, you have changed. And it's time to break up with sin. <laughs> like it's time to draw a line in the sand and say like, no, we're We're done. Like, sure, I'm going to still stumble and mess up sometimes, but but, but we're done. I've changed. It's over. We're done. I, for some of you, maybe that's selfishness, and that plays itself out in so many ways. So maybe you're always arguing with people. You always have to have your way. You always have to prove that you're right. Everything is always about you. Maybe tonight's the night that you say, man, I I know Christ calls me to live in unity, to be selfless, and to be humble. And I've been selfish. And tonight's the night that you say, hey, I've changed. If I'm in Christ, I've changed. I have a new identity. And sin, we're breaking up tonight. (laughs) For some of you, maybe, probably all of us, it's worry. Did y'all know that worry is a sin? Now, we all can be tempted to worry and struggle. But when you allow worry to control your life, that's a sin, to not trust God. And I, but I, and I do it all the time. I think by nature, I'm, I'm a worrier and a control freak. <laughs> so some of you tonight need to realize, hey, it's time to not just like technically be done with sin, but, but to seri- get serious about breaking this off. I, I think one of the biggest sins, I, man, I know y'all are hard workers and y'all are busy, but I think... One of the biggest sins, especially in relation to your walk with Christ, that people, not just college students, but people struggle with, is is just laziness. I'm not calling you lazy, but I think we can tend to be lazy in our walk with Christ. And so rather than pursuing Christ and getting serious about him, we let laziness, sloth, creep in, and we just tolerate it. And tonight, some of you need to say, hey, I've changed, I have a new identity in Christ, I'm not gonna tolerate this anymore. I'm gonna pursue Christ. Man, for so many of us, and it could could look a, a million different ways, sexual sin is destroying our generation. Whether it's pornography or lust, Or, like, fooling around with your girlfriend or boyfriend, or for that matter, like, just whoever's at the party. If you're in Christ, you're dead to sin. Why are you fooling around with something you should be dead to? If you read in 1 Peter 2, he says um, that sin, sinful passions, they wage war against your soul. Like If you're in Christ, it should be dead to you rather than waging war against your soul. But when you continue to flirt with sin, whatever it may be, you're allowing it to wage war against your soul. How different would your life look if tonight you, you feel... God tapping you on the shoulder and you realize, you know what? I'm in Christ. I've changed. It's time to break up with sin, whatever it is. Again, doesn't mean you're never going to struggle with it. Does it doesn't mean you're never going to stumble, but meaning, hey, I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm going to get serious about fighting this sin. I'm going to make war against sin. You may say, Well, I'll describe it this way. I was talking with a guy um, probably about two weeks ago. It doesn't really matter. But anyway,s a couple weeks ago. And we were actually talking about struggle. um, He was describing to me a struggle with lust and temptation of uh, sexual sin. And I don't know how many guys have have described this feeling, or girls have described this feeling. And he said, man, I just kind of feel like there's just not hope. Like, it just feels like this is just going to always kind of be a thing. So why should I even really fight against it? And whatever sin, like, you struggle with, maybe God's tapping you on the shoulder with right now, well, you've probably felt that same thing, right? We've just kind of like, man, is there even any hope? This is kind of always going to be a thing. Like, I'm just going to kind of always struggle with this. I got real fired up. Not like mad at him, but like excited. I was like, dude, what are we fixing to celebrate? And he was like, what are you talking about? I was like, dude. I don't know why I kept calling him dude. But I really did. We're fixing to celebrate Easter. You know what that means? Jesus got up. If he can conquer the grave, he can help you conquer whatever sin this is. You don't, you're not a slave to sin anymore because he conquered death and sin and Satan. you don't have to walk in the guilt and the slavery of sin because he already beat it for you. There is hope. If, if, you, if there's no hope for you to, to be released from whatever sin it is, then you're saying essentially that Jesus didn't get out of the grave. But did he, get, did he get out of the grave? Oh uh, Yeah, he walked out of there like, ain't no, ain't no thing, right? There is hope for whatever you're facing. Do not buy Satan's lie. Man, I'm just gonna, always going to struggle with this. If you have that attitude, you probably will. But when you realize who you are in Christ and the hope you have in Jesus, then there's no reason to walk in slavery to sin anymore because it's dead to you. It has no ownership, no claim on you anymore. Amen. One more objection you may may feel in your gut that I feel too, and that is I don't always feel like a new person, right? Like sometimes when I'm struggling with some sin, it doesn't feel like it's dead to me and I have this new life in Christ. But look at what Paul says over and over again. Look at verse two, or sorry, verse three. Do you not, what's it say? No. Do you not know, K-N-O-W, in case you're confused, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Then skip down to verse, um, make sure I'm not skipping here, sorry. Verse six, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. Now, skip down to verse nine. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. Y'all, we as young people, well, sorry, you and I'm kind of you know, close to your age. Anyways, our generation has got to quit living our Christian life based on just how we feel that particular day and start living out of what we know, right? I know I'm a new creation in Christ. I may not feel like it today, but I'm going to cling to the hope and the truth that I'm a new creation in Christ. I know that. Verse, verse 11, so you also must consider, that's kind of a, a, a mind word, you must consider yourselves dead to sin in the to of God in Christ Jesus. So regardless of how I feel, I need to walk every day considering, remembering, knowing, man, I'm dead to sin, but I've been made alive in Christ. I've broken up with sin. <laughs> I have a new relationship with Christ. You all know, listen, this completely changes the way you fight. Meaning the way you fight sin. If you fight against sin, feeling like, man, and your why is, man, I want God to love me and I want Him to like me and be in a good relationship with. You know what? You're you're going to quit fighting all the time because that's a hopeless cause. You can't earn God's love. But when you know that you have died to sin and have been made alive in Christ through the gospel of Jesus Christ, you've placed your faith in Him. When you know that, all of a sudden, you can instead of fighting for righteousness. I want to be in a right relationship with God. You can fight from righteousness. I have a new relationship with Christ. It's done. I'm going to fight sin. You can fight rather from despair, like, man, I just don't know if I can ever do this. You can fight with determination because you know what? I've been made alive in Christ. I'm determined. I'm set. It is my destiny to fight sin and be victorious because Jesus was victorious. You can quit Fighting with hopelessness, and man, this will, I'll, never, I'll never overcome this sin. You can start fighting with certainty because you know you've been made alive in Christ and He has given you victory. Y'all with me? You know that you can fight rather from insecurity, you can fight from a new identity. Sin no longer has a claim on you anymore. Y'all. You've changed. It's time to break up with sin. Reality is, the Holy Spirit is pretty good at what he does. (laughs) So right now, um, I don't have to list like every sin that I could think of because the Holy Spirit's probably tapping you on the shoulder, right? Whatever sin it is you need to get serious about dealing with and fighting with. I'm not asking you tonight to say, God, I promise I'll never do that again. Like, actually, I'm going to encourage you not to say that. <laughs> but I am going to encourage you to consider and talk to God and get serious about, hey, what, what sin have I been tolerating when in reality I need to put it to death and break up with? You know, you have a new identity in Christ. Why would you walk in sin any longer? Here's what I want us to do tonight. I'm going to give you just a moment. They're going to, have to start playing. Don't let them distract you. Um, I'm going to give you just a moment to just talk with the Lord.